Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You could also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. Welcome. Welcome to Quad City Christian Church. My name is Corey, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I get to lead out over our kids' ministry and hang out with kids and and adults and families and an incredible team of volunteers. And so I just want to say welcome to you. Thank you for being here today. Prescott Valley, we're honored that you're able to join with us today. And if you're joining online, we just want to say thanks for being here. We hope that one day soon we'd be able to meet face-to-face here at one of our campuses. So please come join us sometime soon. Now, We have been in this series for the last few weeks and the next few weeks called Variety Pack. And and we're breaking down different spiritual disciplines, right? So week one, we heard from Josh and he taught us about fasting. We heard week two from Ken where he talked about volunteering, serving, right? And last week we heard from other Corey, Corey Heward, about Bible intake, And today we're going to hear another spiritual discipline that helps us to look more and more like Jesus as we become better disciples of him. Now, I mentioned I'm the kids pastor, so I can't think of a better way to start our time off together than with a little game. Now, I do have a huge request from each and every one of you that when we play this game, you give it your all, 100%. Leave all pride aside and just lean into it. Can we do that today? You might say a different thing when you learn that our game is called Finish That Lyric, okay? So the premise of this game is that you are going to hear a a clip of a song, and when that's done, it's your job to... Look at that. You guys already have it with even just the title. So let's listen to our first clip. You'll hear it stop, and that's your job to join in and finish that lyric. Let's hear song one. You guys can start singing now if you want to. Okay, here it comes. You ready? It's almost your turn. (laughs) Yes! That was beautiful. That was so good. You guys understood the assignment. So way to go. We have one more. This is just a really short bit. I don't know if you guys can do as good on this one. Do you guys think you can? Okay. Okay. Let's hear song number two. 
You guys knocked it out of the park. I'm grateful for the participation this morning. Thank you. I do have to ask a question, and I'm sure maybe some of you might be wondering, why did Corey have us sing these songs in church? Some of you might even be sitting on the back row, tapping your toe, arms crossed, saying, this is the Lord's house. Why did we sing this song? Well, joke's on you. The first song mentioned prayer, so we're good, right? We're going to answer that question with game number two. Finish that scripture. Okay, so same premise, just this time we're going to have a line of scripture, and it's your job after I read it out loud to finish that scripture, okay? You guys can handle that? Okay, scripture number one. It says, for the spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline, right? 2 Timothy 1.7, round two, I think. <laughs> For I am not ashamed of the gospel. That's how I read my Bible too. Okay. Some of you did very well. I appreciate that. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to bring salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Apparently, our 57,000 weeks in the books of Romans <laughs> didn't help us memorize scripture. Great. So let's ask the question again. Why did we sing songs this morning that don't, it's not worshipful, right? Well, game two answered that, right? Because I gave you just a few seconds of a song. And most of us, and when I say most of us, I mean like basically all of us, we're able to sing that song out loud as if we were John Bon Jovi himself, right? Like you guys filled the room with the song. But what does that matter today? What's it matter today? Well, as we've heard multiple times over the last few months, we here at Quad City stake ourselves on the fact that we exist to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere and always, right? Like that's why we exist. And it's my assumption that if you're here today on your own choice, right? No one pulled you by the earlobe to get you here. No one tricked you and said, hey, we've got really good donuts and coffee. You should come to this cool place that we call church, right? Hopefully that didn't happen to anybody. But if you're here because you chose to be, it's my assumption that this is what you want right? That you want to be a better disciple of Jesus and that you want to help in the mission from scripture to make more and better disciples, right? Like I can pretty much assume that that's why you're here. Yet so many of us can hear just a few lyrics from a song and be able to recite the rest of the song verbatim Maybe you're like me and you can even just hear the tune and be able to sing it out loud. Yet so many of us sit here today struggling with scripture memorization, struggling to store God's word in our heart and mind. And as a pastor, I have heard from adults, from student age, from kids, this, this reasoning, ah, it's just impossible. Like, I can't memorize scripture. That's impossible. It's so hard. And maybe you don't say that. Maybe, maybe you're not a person of impossibility, but maybe you say something like this. My mind just isn't built to memorize scripture. Or, man, I, I'm just not smart enough to remember big chunks of the Bible. Maybe you say, I just have a bad memory. 
right? Like, man, I just have such a bad memory. Or I don't, have the, I don't have the time. Like, where am I going to fit into my schedule? Scripture memorization. Maybe you say it this way. I've got the entire Bible right here on an app on my phone. Why would I need to memorize Scripture? If I'm being honest today, this list right here are my excuses. These are excuses that I have said in my life on why I think it's too hard to do it. But these are excuses that represent the excuses we all make or we all have made at some point or another of why it's too hard to memorize scripture. So today, my hope, my hope is that we would walk away from church with a few tools and a reminder of the importance and the value of memorizing scripture. And so to do so, we're gonna be talking about the six W's of scripture memorization. The six W's are, The who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how. And yeah, I get it. That starts with an H, but it ends with a W. So we're talking about the six W's of scripture memorization. And the first one is the most simple. We're not gonna follow this list perfectly. I know that we probably learned this in grade school in this order. We're not gonna go in this order. The first one and the simplest is the what. What are we talking about today? Well, talking about scripture memorization. That one's pretty clear, right? But next is the question of why. Why should we memorize scripture? Why should we take the time to actually memorize it? And time and time again in the Old and the New Testament, we see the importance of storing God's word in our head and in our heart. The importance of of taking God's word and pulling it off of the page and putting it inside us. And we see one example in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. It says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Pretty clear, right? We see one example in the New Testament, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Not here, not on the page, but in you. And these are just two of many, many times in Scripture, Old Testament and New, that point us to the importance of storing God's word in us. So simply put today, the who, or sorry, the why, is because the Bible tells us to, right? Like the Bible tells us to. We read these verses and we can open up our Bibles and we can read time and time again that the Bible tells us to memorize scripture, to put it in our heads, to put it in our hearts. Why? Because the Bible tells us to. Now, over the next couple minutes, we're gonna talk about three in one. We're, We're gonna talk about the who, the where, and the when of scripture memorization. And in order to do so, we're going to dive into Deuteronomy chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them on or turn them to Deuteronomy chapter 6. But in order to set the tone a little bit of the context of Deuteronomy 6, we need to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we see Moses. Moses was the guy who was called by God to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Like he had a really, really big and important job, right? And in chapter five, we would read that Moses is receiving the 10 commandments from God himself to then give to the people of Israel. And it's these 10 commandments that are the most important commandments for the people of Israel to love God well and to love people well. And then we read in chapter six at verse one, Moses says, 
These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. And and friends, as I read this, I have to realize that this section of text is 100% for the people of Israel, right? Like God is giving these words to Moses so that he can give them to the people of Israel. But I also have to recognize that these words here are for you and I today as well. 100% for you and I today as well. So when we ask the question of who, we know that it's you. Because we read here, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe. So the who is you. The who is me. The who is anybody who has put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, who who has declared, I want to be a better disciple and I want others to be better disciples because of me. The who is you. And for the Israelites, again, they're receiving this from Moses, from his mouth, right? He has a couple stone tablets, but it's not like he's handing out stone tablets with these on them. So the people of Israel had to memorize what they heard. They had to. They weren't walking around with, uh, with, you know, miniature stone tablets that they could put in their pocket and reference, right? They didn't have the ancient apps of old on their tablets, right? They had to memorize it. So the who is you. And then Moses, he talks about the when and the where in verse seven. It says this, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And for the Israelites, that probably looks a little bit different than what it would look like for us today. When you sit at home, that could be when you're sharing a meal, sitting around the table with your family, talk about the things of God. When you are maybe about to watch your favorite TV show or or the game, instead of turning that on, you sit and you face each other in the living room and you talk about the things of God. When it says when you walk along the road, that very well could mean a nice evening stroll, you know, with your spouse or with your family, walking the dog. And you talk about the things of God. I think for us in our context today, this probably looks a little bit more like when you drive along the road. When you're in the car with your family, When you're taking your kids to a soccer match or to a dance recital, talk about the things of God. When you're helping a friend get from Prescott to Phoenix to catch a flight, talk about the things of God. And that last one, when you lie down and when you get up, when you are starting your morning, when you're ending your day, when you're getting your kids ready for school or you're tucking them in at night, talk about the things of God. 
And almost all of these situations are situations where you're not going to have your physical Bible in your hands. And you're not going to have time to scroll through your phone, the Bible app, and figure out what, what book and what chapter and what verse you need when you're trying to share the wisdom of the Lord with someone else. So we memorize scripture. Who? You. Where? Everywhere. When? Always. You see, you are to dwell on God's word and memorize scripture so that you can recall it everywhere and always. Now, at this point, we've talked about the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why. But for just a moment, I want to get really practical with you all. And I want to talk about the how. How do we go about doing this? I don't want you guys to leave today and be like, man, I got to go figure this out on my own. Now, there are thousands of ways that you can do this. You can go search Google and be like, tips for scripture memorization, and the list will go on forever. But I want to give you just a few steps to get started, okay? So step one is this. Step one is realize. What I mean by that is that we have to realize that scripture memorization is not easy. We have to realize it's hard. Just like any spiritual discipline, it is hard. And, And when we take a step of faith forward to start looking more and more like Jesus, Satan is going to push back on us. Our own flesh is going to push back on us. So we have to realize that it's hard. But here at Quad City, we are a church that does the hard things. We have the hard conversations. We, we do the hard things that scripture calls us to. And we practice spiritual disciplines, even though they're hard. So step one is realize that it's hard. Step two is read. We have to read scripture. We have to read the Bible, right? Like that's what we talked about last week is Bible intake, consuming scripture. We have to be in it. We have to dig into it regularly and consistently because we cannot memorize something that we are not immersed in, right? Like if we're not immersed in it, we can't memorize it. If you're not in the word of God, there is no way for the word of God to be in you. Let me say that one more time. If you're not in the word of God, There is no way for the word of God to be in you. And that's what we want to avoid. We want the word of God in us. So step one is realize it's hard. Step two is read the Bible. And step three is recite and write. And this is where memorization comes into play. You see, when we recite and write, we are going to say that verse out loud over and over and over. We're going to repeat it time and time again. Then we're going to write it down. We're just going to write it over and over and over. And that's an actual proven technique to memorize scripture, okay? Now, there are so many different ways that we can go about that. Here's a few examples. We can uh, start writing it out, right? So we write it out, then we say it out loud, and then we write it again. And over time, we actually start taking words out and leaving blanks. And so as we write it out and leave a blank, then we say it out loud and we have to fill in the blank, right? We have to remember what word is there. And then the next time we write it, we leave more blanks. So we're seeing less and we're calling more. And then ultimately we do that till the page is blank and we've memorized it. Uh, We can write the first letter of every word of the verse that we want to memorize, just the first letter of each word out. And so we're seeing just a list of letters, but we know that those letters represent every word in order of that verse so that we can just look at it, recall it, and ultimately commit it to memory. 
I always say that uh, technology is great until it's not, right? Anyone agree with that? Technology is great until it's not. But when it comes to scripture memorization, technology has actually made it so much easier. Now, you can go online and access many, many different websites that help us to do this better. One example is uh, scripturememory.com. If you've got a smartphone or a tablet, uh, there's so many different apps. There's one that's specific to iPhone. Sorry, non-iPhone users, but there's one called Verses that allows you to play these like mini games that helps you to memorize scripture. So technology has made it great. We do have a list of resources on the app or on our website that you can access that has these tips and tricks and all of these different resources that you can find to go home today and do a good job at this. But there is so many different ways. There's one way that I think is really fun that involves a little bit of accountability with a friend, a spouse, your own kid, right? Because we wanna help each other do these spiritual disciplines well. So bring in a buddy to help you. And the buddy's job is to have the verse that that person's trying to memorize and they have it here. You know, they're, they're essentially grading them, right? So you get the awesome job of being the buzzer when things are said incorrectly, right? So if, if your friend's practicing John 3.16, they're trying to recite it from memory and they go, for God so loved the earth, you go, eh. It's actually world, practice more, get better at it, right? But then the key is that you guys swap and you challenge each other. You grow together in your scripture memorization. So again, we realize it's hard. We read the Bible, we recite and write. And then the next step is sort of a half step. So we're gonna call it three and a half. And that's rhythm. And obviously as the kids pastor, we're gonna talk about rhythm, right? Because when we take the verse that we've chosen, we wanna commit this verse to memory. We can actually put it to song. We can take a song like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and say our verse to that tune to help it stick in our mind. We can make up motions that represent the the content in that verse to help us better understand it and memorize it. We do it in kids' ministry. There's a reason it works. And let me challenge you guys today. If we were to push our pride aside for a little bit and be willing to look a little bit silly, a little bit goofy, doing motions to a verse or, or singing a song to a verse... I guarantee that it's gonna help us grow in our obedience to Jesus because we are internalizing God's word. So an example of the motions would be, let's, let's roll John 3.16. We say, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, right? Like something like that, super simple. We do it in kids ministry all the time because it works. And it actually works because it's scientific. When we put words to a tune, it becomes motor memory. And we put motions to the words, it becomes muscle memory. And when we do motor memory and muscle memory over and over, it causes those things to be so much easier to recall down the road. So put the pride aside, be goofy for a little bit, channel your inner child and memorize scripture in a fun way. And the step number four is repeat. I get it. This is repetitious, right? Like we're doing this over and over constantly. But what I mean by repeat is we're going to choose a verse. We're gonna do these things. We're gonna, we're gonna do whatever it takes for us to memorize it. And we're gonna get it locked into our head and in our heart. It's gonna be great. Then 
we're going to move on to the next one. We're gonna choose another verse that we're going to lock into our head and our heart and then we're gonna do it again and so on and so forth. But if we just keep moving forward and we just keep building this, this repertoire of verses and never revisit what we've done, those are slowly gonna fall off. We're slowly gonna forget those, even though we're learning more. So we have to repeat the process moving forward and revisit what we've already done. And we repeat it over and over again. So let me recap where we've been so far in order to know where we need to head together today. Why do we memorize scripture? Because the Bible says so. Who? You, me, right? And we memorize it so that we can access it everywhere and always. And we do it by realizing it's gonna be hard, by reading our Bible, by reciting and writing and adding rhythm, and then repeating the process time and time again. But I hit this point and I look at this reason why. The Bible says so. I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, I've never done something just because the text on the page said so. Just because ink on a piece of white paper said, do this thing. I've never done that. And if we treat the Bible as just another piece of literature, just another book on our shelf, no kidding, we're never gonna do the things that they say. But if we think back to what Corey Heward taught us about last week, that that. The Bible is the inspired word of God, that it is living and active, then maybe we have a chance and a reason to memorize it. So I do. I have to ask the question what's going to push me to memorize scripture? What is going to push me as a dad to raise my two sons with a passion for God's word, not only reading it, not only knowing it, but internalizing it? What is it that's going to push me to do this spiritual discipline? And the truth is we find it in the Bible. So I guess it's because the Bible says so and we can all go home now, right? No, there's two things. There is the vision of the why and the future of the why. The vision of the why, Corey set us up really well last week, right? He was talking about Bible intake, consuming God's word. And and he mentioned uh, a number of verses from Psalm 119 that point us to setting our feet on the path of God's word, following God's path, following his word, so that we're obedient to him. But he did a really good job of not stepping on my toes when it comes to scripture memorization. And he left, uh, intentionally, he left Psalm 119, 11 out. And verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart. To me, this is just text on a page, right? Because that's talking about the psalmist, right? That's talking about David, who's, who's just, he's done the thing, right? That's, it just comes natural to him, but it's impossible for me, right? But he says, I have hidden your word in my heart. And he doesn't stop there. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's enough for me. See, that's enough for me because when the psalmist says, I've hidden your word in my heart, why that I might not sin against you. That is a a reminder to me that we memorize scripture so that we have a constant reminder of God's word. So that we have a constant reminder of God's love and his great and, and who he is at his core. We have a reminder of his promises and a reminder of the commands that we are to obey so that we might not sin against him. 
We memorize scriptures so that we are faithful to God, both in the good and great and wonderful times, as well as the really hard, really difficult, really crummy times. And memorizing scripture can be a tool that helps us transform to look, act, think, talk, and treat people more like Jesus does. So the psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And that's the vision. That's the vision of the here and now. I'm gonna memorize scripture so that I don't sin against God. But what's the future? The future is actually in the verse that we've already looked at, which was Deuteronomy chapter six, verses one and two. Moses says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. You see, the psalmist gives us the vision by saying the commands that you are to do You are to fear the Lord your God. And then he gives us the future. He says, oh yeah, and you're also supposed to do this for your children and their children after that. And I get that some of you might be thinking, you might be thinking, hey, you know what? Like I've raised my kids. They're off on their own. They're married. They are living their faith out well and kudos to you today. That's awesome. Some of you might be thinking the opposite. Man, my kids are grown. They are off on their own. And I kind of got into this faith thing late in life and, and they're off living their life however they want to separate from God. Some of you might be thinking, I don't even have kids. How do I impart this on, on my children if I don't even have children? How do I send this to the next generation if I am the end of my generation? And some might even be thinking, man, I'm just trying to raise my kids right here, right now to not punch each other in the face. to to not pull each other's hair, all while I'm just trying to teach them the love of Jesus. And you guys need to understand today that you are a part of a church that so deeply values the next generation being raised up to know, love, and follow Jesus. That's why our kids and student ministry exists, so so that parents can truly become the primary spiritual leader in their own children's life right? That that the church can wrap around families and support families with resources and tools so that they can do that well. And if you're an empty nester, if you don't have kids in the house anymore, man, here at Quad City, we have so many opportunities on Sunday mornings, midweek, whatever it is for you to plug in and take the word and the wisdom of God and impart it on the next generation, whether that's in kids ministry or student ministry or other ministry opportunities, It's as simple as going out to Connection Central after service and just talking about what it looks like to serve in one of those contexts, that you might be willing to take God's word and impart it on the next generation. But the reality of Deuteronomy 6 is that Moses is talking to everyone, right? He's talking to every Israelite, whether it's mom, dad, aunt, uncle, it doesn't matter. He's talking to everybody and he's talking to everybody today as well when he says that these commands are for you. And he's also talking to everybody when he says these commands are for you to take and impart on the next generation and generations after. Because if we remember back to week one, Josh defines spiritual formation as the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. 
Yes, we want to be developed in a way that we are becoming more and more and more like Christ Jesus himself, but for the sake of others, that our life would be used in a way that helps develop other people to become more and more like Jesus. You see, we all have the call to practice these spiritual disciplines, to implement these into our own life so that we look more, act more, think more like Jesus. And scripture memorization is no different. May we be a church that values the word of God so much that it's, it's no longer just a book to collect dust on a shelf. May we value God's word so much that it's not just text on a page, but that it is the living word of God that we are to internalize. May we be a church that values the faith of the next generation so deeply that we do everything in us to become more and more like Jesus so that we can help the next generation do the same thing. Can we be a church like that starting today? Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for your love. I thank you for the way that you showed your love to us on the cross. And would you light a fire in our hearts today to help us know and understand the importance of your word, but not just to read it, but to actually consume it and internalize it. Lord, would you help us as a church and as individuals to care so much about the next generation raising up to know you, to love you, to follow you with everything that they are. And would you send us off on that mission to do it well as we learn and choose to make more and better disciples of you everywhere and always. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.